welcome to The Math of You, a podcast about formative media from when we were young. I'm Lucas Brown. And unfortunately this week I won't have a regular episode for you. Due to some technical difficulties with my latest record, and waiting to get the audio files on another record thanks to a con schedule, I don't have a finished episode ready for you. Additionally, I found out yesterday, that is the 9th, that I'm going to be moving to a new house on the 21st. And that's not a lot of time. That is, uh, that's a, that's not a large number. I am going to try and keep my scheduled recordings that I've already booked in, but with moving comes chaos and interrupted internet connections and all kinds of things, so I will do my very best to stick on schedule, but there may be a slip here and there. Luckily, I have, at the moment, at least six good, solid bonus episodes with some of my favorite guests that have come on this year. This bonus episode comes from my talk with Kit Mulcairn, podcaster and zookeeper. Along the way, we discuss how to track down renegade cats, the semaphore of jumping spiders, and the amazing ants of Australia. We join this conversation already in progress. so she wouldn't have to record in the punishment closet anymore. <laughs> Did any of us ever mention on Smash Fiction why we call it the punishment closet? I don't Is it because that's what you, or you put someone when they're too loud and they peek on other people's mics? I think it was partially that also because it's very, it, I mean, it's a walk-in closet, but for Bob, it's still like very small and it gets very hot and she started calling it that and it just felt right. <laughs> Go to the little room of pain. She was just sitting all sad in a chair that we would always hear the little squeaks of too, but you know, still better than the echoey room she was in before. I am in the squeaky, like the, the chairs that Kimiko had for her dining set when we moved in together. They're like the four-legged version of a tripod. It's like four legs, but it looks almost like a tripod. And then there's a little swivel, and then there's like a plastic part that's the chair. And it's very fashionable, but as you'll hear, they have the creakiest chairs in Christendom, so I hold very still when I sit. Oh, that's a good ear sound. Yep. <laughs> oh, you want good ear sounds? I have a baby who's discovering his voice. <laughs> oh, no. How old? How old is he? He's seven and a bit months. Oh, okay. So you get the... Oh. But uh, that's the soft version done away from the microphone, as opposed to the full-forced ear splitter. Like, he was doing it continuously. We just call it, started calling him Shrieky, like from Care Bears. And it's just... <laughs> <laughs> Shrieky, what are you doing? <laughs> and he's not upset. He's happy. Like, he's making the happiest face. He just happens to be screaming at the top of his lungs when he does it. Oh, gosh. That reminds me a little bit of some of the very interesting noises birds can make. So he's kind of... <laughs> sounds like he's in veloc- velociraptor mode. Yeah. Oh, but I wanted to thank you, Ashley, for all the advice you gave about getting Bolin back. Oh, my gosh, yes. I just saw... Congrats on getting him back. It was like some Looney Tunes-ass stuff they got him back in the house honestly oh really <laughs> yeah because last time he got out which was like six months ago we have a sort of a back area to the house and we have a dog door that the dog gets out of but he doesn't use it because he doesn't like pushing his whiskers through also he's one-eyed so he doesn't like 
areas that are too small. Uh-huh. And so it was just that he was sitting on the edge of the door where the door was open because Kimiko was hanging out washing. The wind blew the door shut and shoved him outside and he panicked from the noise and ran straight into the crawl space, which is under the house and is full of like moldy mud and broken bricks and stuff. So all the various times I've had to go under there are not fun. I imagine moldy mud. That's yeah, a, exactly. It's yeah. like mud with like the white crisps on the top. I have to like put on old crappy clothes and like dig commando style through it. Yeah, and so last time we ended up getting uh, what's essentially a possum cage with like a pressure floor from like a local place, and caught him like second night. But this time we went and got that right away, and he was smart enough to ignore it. Although we did catch another person's cat, who <laughs> 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 would like come in to snake the food we were leaving for him. <laughs> He's like, you're welcome. Here's your cat, I guess. Yeah, and the thing is, that cat was also stripy, but with two eyes. To the point where it's like, I went and looked, and I saw the cage was shut, and I saw a stripy back, and I'm like, oh, no way. Aww. And the cat turned around, and two eyes reflected in the flashlight, and I'm just like, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> decoy. Get out. You're not my cat. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, so we put the cage in straight away, and it didn't work, although the one time it almost worked. Is like I went because you have to like prop the lid up so that it swings shut to catch him. And at one time I went down there and had the flashlight out and he went to walk away and I called him and for a moment he hesitated and he started to come towards me. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, this could be it. Hey, Bobo, come here, come here. And then he comes over and as he passes the cage, his tail touches the open lid of the cage, which then swings shut on nothing and oh. makes a big bang and he darts back onto the house. And I'm just like, this is bad comedy. This is the worst. Oh. So yeah, so last night, Kimiko's just like, you know what we should do? Because he's been venturing out a little bit the last couple of days, but always running back. So what we did is we're like, lock Olive in the laundry room. We'll put Junior in the bedroom. We'll open the back door and just see if he comes in. Like, we'll sit in the living room, watch TV, talk, do our normal stuff. And she can see the door, but I can't. So she's just like, okay, he's peeking in. Okay, he's like, he's put a foot on the step. Okay, he's in the laundry room. And I like poked my head around and looked and he darted back outside. I'm like, ugh. Ah, and so we waited again and he came in well the thing is I think he knows I've been chasing him for the past month so he wasn't happy to see me and so he comes in and Kimiko's like okay he's through he's over the baby gate okay he's in the dining room now and so I like crept off the couch went to the front door eased open the front door closed it behind me ran my ass like out to the street down the driveway into the backyard and then up the stairs and closed it behind him (laughs) Some so Looney Tunes shit. I'm just like, professional trap for two weeks? No deal. Me running around and slamming a door? Perfect. <laughs> oh, I'm glad he wanted to come back inside. Realize it's not so great out there all the time. Yeah, dude, it sucks. You're all skinny now. Oh. And you're probably getting bullied by the other cats because you are lived a pampered lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. He still has his claws, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. He's probably yeah. <laughs> having to catch stuff. It's actually illegal to declaw cats in Australia. Oh, that's so good. Isn't it? Yeah. Oh, my mom is a, a like perennial declawer, and I just cannot stand it. Oh, no. Yeah, too many complications. Not worth. For the sake of your furniture, Ma? Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know that the animal's health is worth some furniture that you knew you might lose if you get a cat. <laughs> also, Mom, you've had the same couch since, I think, 2001. <laughs> the cat's doing you a favor, Mom. Yeah. Oh, this is also my mom who, when Ikea was a brand new thing, 
in like the mid 90s, bought herself a white pine kitchen table, but then didn't pay extra to have it coated. And so it was the softest soft wood ever. And so like I wasn't allowed to do my homework on it. We had to eat everything on placemats. No one could put anything down on it without a coaster or a placemat or like a thick book or something underneath it. And it's still like that, although there is one time where I think a babysitter like sat to write down a note on it or something, and you can still see the letters that she wrote on it. Holy shit. That's like, what is that, like balsa wood? Like the kind of wood it's you make something, models yeah. out of? <laughs> As we lay him to rest in this most expensive balsa wood coffin we could find. <laughs> I mean, oh that might be good. That might be like... Your body decomposes. I mean, wait, that's not the point when you get buried in a coffin, huh? Not really. I just realized that's a that's a fucking Duckman joke. Oh my god, it's too early in the morning. <laughs> and if I recall correctly, this scene ended with the bottom of the coffin breaking out and the body falling through into the grave. <laughs> wait, are coffins suspended in the hole? Yeah, because you have that gold thing around the outside, and they like kick it with the feet, and it like slowly lowers the coffin down. Oh. God, I just, I, I've never been to a funeral. I've only... I was about to say, what terrifying apparatus were you thinking of? Uh, I, mean, I don't know. You just drop it in. One, two, three, go. Some I mean... sort of like wipeout-esque launcher. I mean, they're dead. Like, I don't, I don't plan on using a coffin, so I'm probably not going to learn more about it. Yeah, it's one thing where it's like, it would probably be appropriate for me to actually use it. But I did like, I remember going to like an exhibit in one of the museums here where it was like sort of the science of death. And it's like, these are all the things that various cultures, you know, will do for burial preparations. And there was a modern one with a modern kind of morgue and funeral home, maka. And they got to what was a traditionally Jewish coffin, which is very, very simple. It's just like, just wood with rope handles. And I'm like, I dig that. That's what I want. You know, good. it's like, and not just because I'm a cheapskate, although that's kind of part of it. It's more just like, you know, I won't care. I'm dead. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That's, that's my philosophy. I'm just going to earn it up, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. I'll be dead. Yeah. Freeze me like one of those Madame Tussauds statues <laughs> and, then, and then light a wick on my head. By the way, that museum exhibit sounds like my jam. I love those kinds of shits. It was really good. I think it's, it's I always forget the name of it. It's... It's the Australian Museum in Sydney. Always has really good exhibits. Like they had one that was just all spiders. Oh yeah, yeah. We last had year. one of those here in Los Angeles. And it's like I went there, and it was they had one of those floors where it was motion sensor, and so it was just like a bed of spiders, like in the mummy. But oh, when you would put cool. your foot down, it would like move the spiders away. And so yes, there were many, many Instagram and Snapchat videos of people walking along it, going. Ah. <laughs> that sounds awesome. That reminds me of Harvestmen. Do you know about Harvestmen? I do not. They, I it sounds like something that it should, though. They are arachnids. They're not spiders, but they look so much like spiders. They actually tolerate each other in, like, large groups. So there will be sometimes... I think one of my friends in New Jersey actually took a video of it happening in the forest where she lives. But there will be so many of them walking along the forest floor. together? Yes. They'll just all be walking together. This it looks like the forest floor is moving. That is how many harvestmen are moving at once. So yeah, and, and they basically look like spiders. That signal was probably a, a signal that we should probably talk, stop talking about spiders in museums and actually talk about <laughs> start the show. Oh, uh, God. I am very, very jealous that you got to talk about animals for like the whole podcast with Helena. Yes. <laughs> that is my greatest passion. Oh, that's nice. We'll definitely bring it up. Oh, I'm yeah, going to bring it up. <laughs> I'm going to bring up animals in any way I can. It was funny because at, at that spider exhibit at the museum, I think it was when we were first at the, I think it was like the Field Museum in Chicago. 
and I was going around and they have all those taxidermy animals from like the turn of the century. Yes. And I was going through and like pointing them out and like talking about all the stuff. And Kimiko was like, I actually didn't realize, like I knew you were interested, but I think it was the first time we went to the zoo and then the field museum like just compounded into this thing where she's like, you're really interested in this. I'm like, I've always been interested in this. It's like, you never shut me up about this. But when it was, when we went to the spider one, we were looking around and there were tons of kids because it was school holidays. And of course, it's the gross spider exhibit. Everyone wants to go. Mm -hmm. And some of the kids were going, ew, of course. And then some of the other kids were running around and pointing stuff and explaining it to their friends. And she is like, see, those are the Lucas kids. <laughs> Always be a Lucas kid. Yeah, I'd be offended if you weren't like dead on accurate. <laughs> now let me tell you this thing about this spider and how cool it is. <laughs> Because they had like a little, a little, um, one of the little jumping spiders that like does semaphore with its back legs. Yeah. And they had like a super, super, super like big uh, magnifying glass. So you could see it as it did its little brr, 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 and like dance back and forth, waving what looked like fans. Oh yeah, the little peacock jumping spiders, right? That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're so little. They're like the head of a pin. But you oh. can just see them with this magnifying glass. And then there's a video above of them doing the dance. Yeah, it's so great. Yeah, Salty Sea Day. There, I, I freaking love that group. It's my favorite Yay. spider group. <laughs> I was always a trapdoor spider person. Oh, those are pretty pretty dope. I saw National Geographic's Wild Kingdom on ant lions when I was at a formative ah, age. Yes. And so I thought ambush predators were the coolest fucking thing. Basically the, uh, oh gosh. Oh gosh, what is the thing? What is the thing from Sarlacc. Star Wars? Yes! <laughs> Which is why I was cool with the Sarlacc until they gave it a big beak in the special edition. Because I'm like, it's not a bird, it's not an octopus, it's an antlion. You shouldn't be able to see it apart from the jaws. And those aren't jaws, that's a big, like, clumpy beak thing. You wanted the alien creature to just be exactly a giant antlion. Well, it kind of already was. I mean, the inside of the, the pit already had, like, downward-facing teeth. Mm -hmm. And, like, it would always, like, grab at stuff with tentacles, or, even though the antlions just throw sand. They don't actually grab stuff. But still, I was just like, this is exactly what I want. And then it's like, wait, what have you done? This is wrong. Capital W wrong. This is against my canon, Mr. Lucas, sir. Trapdoor spiders are always my jam. Do I recall you mentioning that you, you guys have those in Australia? I don't, I'm not sure if we have the trapdoors, but we have funnel webs and we have uh, redbacks and we have all kinds of things. Like huntsmen are, are the ones you see most often and yes. because they're particularly big and imposing, but entirely harmless. Although they do have a habit of like dropping on your head because what huntsmen will do is they'll go into like attics and crawl spaces and stuff like that, and when they're scared, they will go up to a high place. But then if you pass under them, they will try to escape you and most likely fall on you. Oh, look at the Harvest Man. Yes, they like are they precious? They look just like spiders, but they only have one body segment, they only have two little eyes, and they eat things like mushrooms. <laughs> so <Cute>. precious. <laughs> but I'm trying to remember, I think it's the red backs. They'll basically suspend these super tensile bits of web with like one glob of like sticky web on them, and they'll suspend it from like let's say like a leaf or like the bottom of a chair or something, and they will stretch it as tight as they can, like this high tensile wire between the ground and the, what becomes the ceiling. And what happens is that some bug or something will be going by, will touch one of those strands, will break the surface tension, and the whole thing will snap up to the ceiling. Oh, wow. It's super cool. Wow. The problem becomes though, they will do this between say, the surface of the water in a toilet and the toilet seat. And so there is a famous Australian song called Red Back on the Toilet Seat. And it's for good reason, which is also why Australians for the most part don't have outdoor toilets anymore. Oh my gosh, it's so... Oh, Australia, you beautiful place. 
<laughs> Although it's funny because people always talk about like, oh, it's a hellscape or whatever. But I've only ever seen one snake in the wild. Was it a venomous one? It was, and we were up in the Blue Mountains, which is sort of a suburban area of Sydney. It was out by a lake near a national park, and we were just walking along the trail, and my ex's dad, who was at the front of the, the line, kind of stopped us and put his arms out. And I looked down into the ditch, and I saw something about as wide as my wrist just kind of go and, wow. and thrash away. And it was about maybe maybe four or five feet long. Wow. And went away and he's like that was a red belly black snake that's like you know that's lethal we're gonna let it go and we're gonna stomp and make some noise and we'll keep going and that's the only time i've ever seen it and it was retreating so oh man i recently discovered that not every venomous snake has an anti-venom to it and anti-venoms don't always work mm -hmm. so <laughs> prevention is the best the best thing Absolutely. you can do oh man actually it was, it was something where it's like it wasn't even in like, I was in a class at a TAFE, which is like a community college type thing I was doing to keep my student visa. One of the teachers used to live out in the bush and liked to regale us international students with all the things that she had learned and stuff. She was a lovely lady named Lurleen, of all things, which is a name not anywhere near Australian. But what she would say is that every time you'd step over a log, like say you were bushwalking, and you were walking down a path and there was a log across your path, what you had to do before you stepped over the log is to stomp on top of the log three times. <laughs> and then you wait, and then you can step over it. Because if, for example, a snake is under a log on the other side, and you step over it, you are immediately stepping into its <laughs> personal space and it will probably bite you in surprise. But if you stomp, it will go, uh, what's, what's happening? And kind of look it out the side. Mm. Huh. That's really good, It's good stuff. See, the things you learn when you're in your buyer behavior course of a business degree. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Oh gosh. I also recall you talking about the cool ants that you have over there. And I think you mentioned oh, so one many. like very like large jawed one that was very aggressive. And I could, I was like, I was yelling at the radio as I was listening to this podcast. Like, is it a Jack jumper ant? <laughs> it's like, I remember seeing those in some kind of animal planet thing about like Australian mm. ants or just like, I think it was a show about ants in general. And it, it mentioned mm. these, these little nasty little Jack jumpers. They're little fuckers. And yes, it was actually, because I, I, I just checked the picture to make sure. And yes, it did this. Because it, it's also that um, a lot of, you see a lot of diversity even within the species. I don't, I don't know if it's something, because I know hey, I read Empire of the Ants too when I was in, in, in the late 90s, but you'll see some going along and you'll see some that just have massive heads and, and huge, like, enlarged large jaws, and then like, oh, they'll either be the soldiers or they'll be something else. But yeah, the Jack Jumper ones are get mixed in, and it's one of those things where in Australia, like, I'll be like putting out the, like, hanging out the laundry or something, and I'll see ants and I will have to move because if they crawl on your foot, they will bite you, and you will get a massive, like, welt, and it'll sting for, like, a day. Mm, yeah. It's the same if you're like, oh, you know, you're, it's, don't, you don't want ants to ruin your picnic. No, you really don't. No, you really don't. I got one of my toes bit by, like, a fire ant or something. Oof. And no. it, it was the worst combination of incredibly painful for, like, the first day, and then mm. unrelentingly itchy for the next few days. Yep. Yeah. Oh, do yourself a favor. Uh, go to Google and type in bull ant. As in bull, like like a male cow. Let's see, oh, look at that little face. <laughs> look at that sweet face. <laughs> <laughs> and next to a matchstick. <laughs> oh, <laughs> those are like uh, I, I recall seeing ants close to that size in Mexico too. Mm -hmm. Oh man, and so that's a species that you guys get. Mm -hmm. 
That's pretty big for like a desert ant. Wow, impressive. Yep. Although they're eastern, so you know it could be anything from kind of rainforesty to like subtropical to oh, like arid stuff. So yeah, eastern Australia is more green than you'd think. Oh, I wonder if you have the same sort of climate as like a Southern Californian coast thing. We have like coastal sagebrush. That's like hot, but also lots of vegetation. Yeah, I think we get a bit more humidity than that. We never, no one in Australia ever has to like pull out their collar and say something like, it's a dry heat. <laughs> nice. Or not nice, because humidity fucking sucks. 